What do you say we get to uh, the man that uh, is really at the top of the food chain right now at Carolina, the director of athletics, Bubba Cunningham? A few days ago, it was announced that there were three Patterson uh, medalists from North Carolina, Marie McCool, Kenny Selman, and Joel Berry. And uh, having talked with Kenny a little while ago before he headed off to Europe, he uh, he said that your name popped up on his phone, and the first thing he thought was that there was something wrong. Uh, for Kenny, there was something that was very right with that phone call, wasn't there? There was. Well, it's funny you say that because when he won the uh, the championship at the U.S. Track and Field, uh, Harless had, or asked Harless for his number, and he gave it to me. So I texted him a note of congratulations, and then he sent me a a note back so we were exchanging some text messages i don't text a lot of students very often um and so unfortunately sometimes when my name pops up they're like uh oh something's wrong <laughs> but that was a very positive exchange so about a week later i had the opportunity to call him to congratulate him on winning the uh the patterson medal and so i guess he had put my name in it, into his phone so when it did pop up i was hoping he wasn't thinking oh this is something bad because we just had a very positive exchange about his performance both at the NCAA and at U.S. track and field. So, but he's such a wonderful, uh, nice young guy. You know, he uh, emceed the Rammies Awards, and he was fantastic. And Marika, who was also co-emceeing with him, was kind of giving him the business because he hadn't won a Rammy. And, but now he's won a national championship, so he, he can hold it over Marika's head now. Bubba, for all the, the work that you do publicly and for all the people that, that you meet with, whether it's in a business sense or in a community sense, how much joy does it give you to have those personal moments with student-athletes away from it all where you get to tell them some pretty good, inspiring news? I mean, that's, you know, that is really the reward for what you do every day to put kids in positions to be successful, and then they are, whether it's academically or athletically. You know, you, you don't see it much, and it doesn't get publicized much, but when, when someone gets admitted to medical school or law school or they walk across the uh, the stage at commencement, those are, are moments that, you know, just give you chills. And you think about, you know, we are making a difference. We are creating opportunities. And and when you do get a special moment to, to share something personal with a, with a student, it really is very enjoyable. And uh, fortunately, here at Carolina, we get through that quite a bit. Well, there's no question Carolina's enjoyed a bunch of success as we shared some of that success with the director of athletics, Bubba Cunningham. And, and with the Learfield Directors Cup standings having just been revealed, is, is that the best way to kind of glean a snapshot of just how successful things have been over the last 12 months? Yeah, it, it is. You know, it, it's the athletic performance, and uh, it does measure 19 or 20 programs in your overall national standing in those particular sports. You know, with a broad-based program like ours, it's something that we look at um, very closely. You know, even finishing 13th is not where we want to be. You know, we want to be top 10. We want to win it. You know, we're the only one other than Stanford that has. And so, you know, five, six years ago, we set out a strategic plan that we want to be top three in the uh, conference in every sport that we have, top 10 in the country in every sport that we have. And we want to do that both academically and athletically. And we're, we're close on a lot. This year we didn't have a particularly good year. Um, you know, we had about six teams that didn't even make postseason, which is highly unusual for us. But to still finish 13th, I feel good about. Now we got to get those other six or seven programs back on track. 
Bubba, you take a walk around campus. Some folks only get to do it once a year. Other people get to do it every day. And I don't know if there's been a time where there's been more construction happening in Chapel Hill than there is right now. Uh, whether it's the football uh, facility, the indoor complex, whether it's the new seating arrangement in Keenan Stadium or even what's happening with field hockey, can you give us an update on where things stand right here in the middle of July? Well, it is an exciting time. I did. I actually got a lot of. I toured um, all the facilities yesterday with Mike Bunting, and um, you know, track is basically done. They're doing some lettering on the track and some final touch-up work on the actual track itself. So, the outdoor track down near the golf course and the four outdoor practice fields are, I, I'd call them done. They're going to be done within the next two weeks. Um, the field hockey stadium is absolutely on track to open the uh, first week of September. Um, the bleachers need to go in. The field itself needs to go in. And the finishes within inside the field hockey building need to be completed. But that is right on schedules where we hoped it would be. The um, soccer lacrosse stadium is going to kind of open up in phases. Um, I think we'll get possession of the stadium itself. Um, in November-ish, uh, hopefully, we can, if we make the NCAA tournament, we might be able to play some NCAA games in there. But we're likely going to play all of the uh, soccer games, both men and women, uh, not in Fetzer Stadium. Um, the the team building for soccer and lacrosse probably won't be open until January or February. Um, but you know, again, that's anticipated. And then the indoor facility and the outdoor practice fields right there um, probably will come online in October, November. Um, I, 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 I was in there yesterday, and I, don't, uh, I didn't see that we're going to make an early September date, which is what we're being told, but I don't anticipate that happening. I think it'll be beyond that. So we'll likely be practicing football in Keenan uh, for at least half, if not all, of the year. And we'll have to figure out the uh, resodding re program like we did last year. Um, but I'm very excited about it. You know, I'd rather get it right and get it done on some artificial deadline of time. And those facilities are going to be absolutely outstanding. And outstanding for Carolina. Not, not the biggest, brightest, shiniest in the country. But they're right in the center of campus. They're going to be used by rec sports, exercise and sports science, and intercollegiate athletics, which I think is it may not be unique in college athletics today, but I think it's unusual. And, uh, but that's who we are. You know, we're, we're a university community and a lot of our programs share facilities. And, uh, that's just the, the culture that uh, quite frankly has made us successful. And I think we'll continue to be successful because of it. Speaking of success, Bubba, I think one of the things that sets Carolina apart from, from almost anybody else in the college landscape right now is the stability of head coaches and the most prominent programs that we field. Uh, football, men's and women's basketball, baseball certainly up there as well. Uh, can you just describe, I don't know if easy is the right term, uh, but how much at ease you are with the folks uh, who, who have headed up these programs, for in some cases going past three decades now? Yeah, I mean, well, we're very fortunate, you know, and I, I think, you know, college athletics has really changed a lot in the last 20, 30 years. And Carolina was really, uh, I don't know, was fortunate, lucky, or maybe we've created it, of getting great coaches that have wanted to stay and be a part of Carolina for such a long time. And so those coaches that started in the 80s are still here. And you mentioned it. We, we average over 20 years 
as a head coach at Carolina in in our sports. So, you know, Roy's pushing 15 years, Sylvia's at 30, Hampson's at 35, um, Karen Shelton's at 30, Jenny Levy, who is our only coach we've ever had in women's lacrosse, is at 22 or three years now. So it, we're, we're very fortunate. I think that's why we have been able to win. We've, we've had consistent leadership. We've had consistent success. We know who we are. We know what is what will work at Carolina, and our coaches have recruited to that. And um, you know, we have nine of our coaches that, that have won national championships, and we have a couple that have had national championship individual champions as well. Um, so we're, we're very fortunate. But you know, when we're replacing Ron Miller, who's been here, he's our most tenured coach. He's retiring, and that's 51 years in. I'm not sure how many are going to quite catch Ron, but uh, maybe a couple will. <laughs> It, it was fun to talk to Ron earlier this year about some of the fencing success that Carolina had and, and just going back through his tenure and, and some of the the big moments that he was a part of outside of fencing that certainly predates any of us at Chapel Hill. I mean, he had, he had been there and, and done that and seen it all, hadn't he? He sure has. I mean, heck, I mean, he may have been here when uh, Hinton walked the campus. I'm not exactly <laughs> sure. that. It's unbelievable when he tells the stories. We we're talking about these construction projects a little bit earlier, and he was here when that pool out behind, you know, um, out behind the training room was built. And he was saying, "Oh yeah, we've always had problems with the drainage in that pool." I'm, and I'm like, "Geez, Ron, that thing it was built when he was a student." So he he's been great. And I tell you, one the 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 most exciting athletic event I went to this year was the ACC Women's Fencing Championship when we won in a fence-off, which I swear they made up how they did this thing. But we ended up beating Duke, and then we got the fence against Notre Dame in this fence-off, and we won on a, a quick touch and the Sabre weapon, and it was Ron's first ACC championship in 51 years. It was absolutely fantastic in Carmichael Arena when that happened. Having a chance to talk about some of the less prominent sports that bubble, we don't get a chance to watch on T. TV every night. That'll be changing coming up with the ACC network, and whether it's field hockey, lacrosse, fencing, golf, you name it. Can you explain how these sports and the folks that follow them will be touched by what's coming up here with the ACC network? Yeah, I'm very excited about it. The ACC network will come online uh, August of 2019, and uh, each school will have uh, production facilities and studios that we will be able to produce these games and matches for live television and each school will be required to produce about 140 to 150 live events and um, it'll allow fans parents and friends all over the country to watch all of our olympic sports live on a designated channel uh through espn it'll be you know the acc network and it's a great opportunity for us to showcase the incredible commitment and dedication of these students and while we're doing this interview, I'm looking out my window watching the demolition of the old communications building where the new ACC network building will sit between the Ernie Williamson Athletic Center and the uh, Smith Center. And it'll be a two-story building with all the production facilities down on the first floor where people coming on and off of the buses to the basketball games or just walking on the sidewalk uh, Monday to Friday We'll be able to see the production facilities a little bit like the uh, Today Show in New York City with the glass front, and you'll be able to see how those things are produced, and it'll be a pretty exciting time. I, I can't wait to see this building go up, but 
it's amazing watching it go down. It goes down a lot quicker than up, I can tell you that. Oh, a little construction advice from uh, the great Bubba Cunningham, our guest here <laughs> on today's show. Uh, Bubba, long before anybody had envisioned anything like an ACC network that you could watch on a phone or a tablet, uh, we had the Tar Heel Sports Network that was able to touch all corners of our great state. And for 40 years, Woody Durham was at the helm, uh, giving us everything we could get uh, concerning Carolina football and basketball. And unfortunately, earlier this year, Woody passed away. But uh, I know in the time that you guys worked together and certainly in the short time that Woody's been gone, you've probably gotten even greater appreciation of what he meant to Carolina athletics through all the different coaches and ADs and presidents that came through over the course of 40 years. Can you give us a, a small snapshot into what you think Woody is, has meant to Carolina? Boy, you know, I, I, I don't know if I could even put that into words. I mean, when I first got here, I mean, at my introductory press conference, you know, Woody uh, asked a couple of questions and, and he let me know that he had, had retired the uh, year before, because I hadn't met him prior to that. And, you know, and I did make the statement that, gee whiz, you know, he quit as soon as I got here because he said I couldn't, I didn't want to work with anybody like that. <laughs> and, uh, and we had a mutual friend in Gene Corrigan. And when I first got to town, Woody and Gene had me over to, to their house for dinner. And I learned so much about Carolina through Woody and Gene and the impact he had on so many um, because, you know, we did, everyone did tune in to the games, whether it was on television or radio, and he was Carolina to so many, and all of the great events that he described to them, and some he described to them while they're in the arena with headphones on listening to them as they're watching the games go on. But that is what built the foundation of this incredible support that we have today. And, I, you know, I, I keep a T-shirt in the office, the, the one that was raising money for his disease about, you know, go where you go and do what you do and think about Woody all the time because the impact and the legacy that he's created. And, it, you know, it's a huge loss for us, but, you know, you, you continue to celebrate all the great memories that he brought to so many people. And, you know, his impact is immeasurable. And it's just like the longevity of our coaches. You know, while you're in the middle of it, you probably don't realize it. And then you have a much greater appreciation after they're gone. But Willie uh, Woody is missed, and um, but we do think about him all the time. And I'm delighted to see Jean from time to time and hope she'll continue to come to as many games as she can. Bubba, Woody was uh, behind the microphone for four NCAA tournaments won by Carolina. And uh, moving forward, at least from... What we heard uh, during the spring meetings, the path to winning an NCAA championship may get a little more difficult, uh, moving from 64 to 65 to 68 to maybe possibly 72 teams uh, right now. Uh, how close do you think uh, the number 72 is to becoming a reality? You know, I really don't know. In fact, I was a little bit surprised uh, at our spring meetings when the coaches brought that up and thought that we, you know, we should think about expanding the tournament to, uh, to 72. When I first got here, I did a radio interview and suggested that the tournament expand to 128, and I got crucified um, because of making it more difficult. But I, I actually believe in that. I, I believe in creating more opportunities. I, I believe in creating opportunities for teams to go postseason. Um, it does make it more difficult for the, the – 
better team to win because you have to win an additional game or two potentially. But people have to have hope. They have to have an idea that I could make it to the playoff and if I can catch lightning in the bottle, I can go. And that's what I think we're in the business of providing those opportunities. And if it, and I believe expansion does give more teams the opportunity to, to play for something toward the end of the year. We're typically playing for a seed. Other teams are playing for an opportunity. Mm-hmm. And, and I, you know, given that I was at Tulsa and I was at Ball State, you know, I do have an affinity for those programs that, that need hope and, and need something to play for. And so I, I still – I don't think it diminishes who we are, but I think I'd, I'd like to give those other teams an opportunity that don't typically have one. Yeah, last thing, and I'm glad you used the word opportunity because I think it fits aptly here. That tournament, as we think big picture, and you have to deal with these things live and in living color, that one tournament gives almost everybody else the opportunity to play college sports and attend their chosen university, doesn't it? It does. I mean, that, that's why you know, I love what we do. You know, we're we're providing a great education to these kids, and we're spending a seventeen million dollars a year in scholarships to uh, to let them come and play a sport that they love. They represent the university well, and get a great education. So when I boil down everything we do, it's education and opportunity, and we want to maintain that as long as we possibly can for as many as we can. And that's why Carolina is such a special place. We're uh, pretty darn, we may not, as I said earlier, we may not be unique, but we're certainly unusual in providing that many opportunities at such a great school. Bob, always a pleasure to have the opportunity to uh, catch up with you here during the uh, the dog days of summer. We'll be kicking off the football before we know it. Uh, until then, enjoy what's left of your summer, and I'm sure we'll be back in touch soon. I appreciate it, Dave. I was just thinking one last thought about Woody. You know, if he's not Woody, he's not here. But I tell you what, if you close your eyes and listen to West Durham, you can't tell the difference. Those (laughs) two guys are amazing. So I appreciate what you do. Thanks, Dave. Bubba Cunningham setting the table for our third hour on our Voices of UNC Day edition of the David Glenn Show.